Alrighty, it is episode two of Iconic the Podcast. I'm Sergio. And I'm Grace. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, you guys. For episode two, we have someone who I'm very excited about. I'm so glad she agreed to do this, and that is Clarissa Serna. How are hey, you doing? I'm good, and I love the number two. It's my lucky number. So really? Yes. Perfect. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know who Clarissa Serna is, Clarissa Serna is a Corpus Christi native and singer-songwriter who was actually on season six mm-hmm. of The Voice, and you are uh, currently the host of Coastal Living, correct? Yes. Yes. So we're going to talk a lot about um, that in the cool. episode. Bring it on. Yeah. So um, we kind of want to like start off by talking about like how you got started in music, your influences, okay. kind of stuff like that. Um, growing up in Corpus, there wasn't a whole lot of like, at least for me, mm-hmm. um, when I like when I was younger, I was like, oh, Corpus is so boring. There's nothing here. There's nothing yeah. to do. Like just a little bit of nothing. So I'm very curious to see like how you got started in like this business. If you want to talk a little bit about that Um, and and growing up in Corpus, obviously. Yes. So I'm the youngest of three and I'm 10 and 12 years younger than my brother and sister. So I like to say it was like dinner and a movie with some really good makeup sucks. Um, Either way, I came in way after the picture. And so you you know what they say about the youngest is like they want need the most attention and they usually get it. And that was kind of me. So I was like mama's little girl went with her everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like the world revolved around me. And maybe it did. I don't know. Um, But either way, I um, really just enjoyed being the center of attention and just entertaining. Not so much for the attention, but just like, hi, look what I can do, like Stuart. You know? And so I would just be goofy and do things to get that attention and make people laugh. And I think I'm still that same person today. So it's not like for the fame aspect. It's just to Mm -hmm. see pleasure in people's eyes and faces. Like, oh, let me smile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I just still live for that today. But the story that I always stick with is just seven years old, I got a karaoke machine, old school cassette tape karaoke machine love that and it was for christmas and i became obsessed with it and it had whitney houston i will always love you on there and Mm. i just became fascinated with her and at the time i think it's like bodyguard had come out and so i had i was already familiar with her soundtrack for that because of my sister who was into that stuff and so um, i was familiar and i just became obsessed with that song so i learned it and i would sing it and it was no big deal until one day i guess my aunt noticed like did y'all know gladisa could like actually sing and I guess it just didn't dawn on anyone to pay that close of attention, but apparently at that time there was something there, some spark that caught their attention. And I think that is um, my go-to just because I know from that point on it was something that everyone else paid more attention to, mm-hmm. therefore they were able to water that seed with me and for me at a really young age. So now we have really cool programs like Chica's Rock and the little Chico's Rock when they were doing yeah. it with the Dusty. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, the Turntable Academy. And it's just so cool to have programs like that to develop their talent. But at our age, like you said, mm-hmm. there really weren't a whole lot of things like there that. There isn't. So the best I could do was like participate in talent shows and like put on little skits for my family. Yeah. And then it got to a point when I was older where I realized that it was something I could be like critiqued for. And so mm-hmm. then I kind of stepped back and got really nervous. And so then I had to be like bribed or blackmailed to sing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, if you want to do this and that or go to the movies and you have to sing. And I was like, ugh. 
So I get up in front of my family yeah. and do like, you know, whatever song they had to close their eyes or turn their backs to me. It was a big, like Aww. shy thing that I had a big phase I went through and it was like that for probably most of high school. Although I did do some talent shows. Um, I fell in love with Selena. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like yeah. after she passed away, I was little, I didn't know, but I became obsessed with her music, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Christina icons. Aguilera, the big voices, All of the icons. which explains yeah. why you cannot shut me up. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Um, especially when it comes to singing soft. I know that I did a Billie Eilish cover recently and it mm-hmm. was so hard for me to sing that. But I was like, oh, and she no. It was almost painful, but I, I did it. So anyway, um, and really the rest is history. You know, it's just something that that seed got planted and somebody saw a spark mm-hmm. and it was just enough attention. I don't have a lot. I don't know, some people like really remember their childhoods like vividly. Yeah. I, I can't. Like, I don't know. What yeah. was in my milk or what decisions I made in yeah. high school that affected my <laughs> memory? Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember a whole lot, but I do know that that was something that was nurtured and encouraged. And I'm very grateful for that because sometimes... As a kid, parents put a stop to that, like, ooh, no, not the arts, because that's, yeah, sure. that's not gonna do it for you when you grow yeah. up. And so that was really special that my parents um, encouraged me to, to, you know, go towards an education. I ended up going to college and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but that they were fully supportive of my music. So started a band with my brother-in-law when I was 15 and, you know, just started doing bigger and bigger gigs and eventually ended up on The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So were you ever, like, in, like, choir or anything like that, like, musically in high school um, other than talent shows? So I did first, like, big musical group that I did was probably church choir, mm-hmm. and that was cool. Um, and then, like I said, started gigging with my brother-in-law, just doing restaurants and stuff like that. And then the band grew, but as far as school goes, I did like one or two semesters in high school with choir, and I was an alto, so I got to do like ding dong, ding <laughs> dong, so that yeah. really wasn't doing it for me. And then in college, I took a couple semesters of vocal with uh, the famous Flicka Robinson, and she was really awesome too. But as far as like professional um, experience with music, not really, besides just me winging it all the time. <laughs> And so you didn't get any professional help or anything like before The Voice? Uh, no. I'm mostly self-taught. I mean, like I said, just experience and um, I like, I mean, I truly believe if I had gone professional, I might be mm-hmm. doing a little better vocally these days. I, I know I didn't warm up the way that I should have and I was there for a good time and and all that stuff. But um, besides Flicka, besides the semester in choir, and then I did lessons with a girl named Ruby Richardson for a little while mm-hmm. um, on the side. Um, I didn't consistently do anything professionally. It was just a very, like, I'm a wing it kind of gal. Anyone who knows me is like, Clarissa's just going to show up, and then we're going to see what happens. (laughs) And that's my life. (laughs) Show up and see what happens. Spontaneousness. Yes, and I love it. I love it, too. Yeah, that's the best way to do it, Mm -hmm. because it's, like, just fluid. Yes, totally. I'm not a planner, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you mentioned you kind of started, like, at 15 years old, Mm -hmm. you said, right? Yeah. Um, getting booked at different restaurants, different mm-hmm. establishments here in Corpus. Um, I read somewhere that uh, even at 15, uh, I think it was your Congo player Andrew? that's been with you since yes. you were 15. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Uh-huh. We started, um, some of our first gigs were, one of the places was called The Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we don't have a place. Well, I guess we do. Like, now we have tannins. But it was, like, the first little wine bar, and the owners were so cool, and it was just me and my brother-in-law, and we would jam. And then, like, you know, we were bringing in a crowd, mm-hmm. and slowly more musicians got interested, and it sort of built up. So it was me, him, and this guy, Jody uh, Lopez, who's on the congas. And then one day, Daniel, my brother-in-law, and I um, had a gig at, I think it was Railroad Seafood Station, 
and um, Jody couldn't make it and through the grapevine he's like oh, I got a buddy Andrew on Helito that he can help mm -hmm. y'all out and the rest is history Andrew has been a brother to me ever since then we're super duper close and he's just such an amazing guy um, a lot of the musicians I've worked with have been in my life since day one I mean wow. Dusty here at Produce helped me record my first album and um, it's just really that's a cool thing about being in Corpus the self-named album right Clarissa yes uh -huh. a really tight community and um, family you know, basically yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's your raza if you will mm -hmm. and we just stick together you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I actually kind of want to like talk about your first album that's called Clarissa right? uh, yeah it's just Clarissa Sarna I think yeah mm -hmm. um, real creative you, sassy <laughs> I know every lyric to hold are your hand are you serious I'm yes. glad you do because I don't I have it like written in my I notes know. in case I was literally singing it. it to her earlier today uh -huh. and I'm like yeah. told you I still know it <laughs> and um He's like, I even know the rap. I do, oh, E-Class. Yeah. I'm actually good friends with E-Class. That's um, awesome. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, it's his, her dad. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Um, He's good people. I know, mm -hmm. and it was, it's, hold your hand is so iconic. All the book facing and all the jibba-jabba, you can call it <laughs> picking fist, but my mom can do it yeah, better. Yeah, and it was filmed in Corpus, <laughs> so it was cool, because um, yes. I was showing her the music video, and um, everything is like what we know yeah. like oh my gosh that's there that's yeah. there yeah. i love it um how did that album kind of come about did you like write all the songs for that and also like saturday night oh so iconic thank you cool so those are two of my favorites off that album and yeah i would say i was a much more like motivated writer back then than i am now and i think it's weird what like society does to us as we grow up and mm -hmm. you just get nervous about what people think about you and what yeah. you're doing and what's going on yeah so back then i was very raw mm -hmm. and like effortless in in my writing and i wrote a lot of poetry especially when i was going through like those troubled years like 14 15 figuring out who i am and discovering relationships and friendships and them coming and going and hurt and love and all that stuff and so i would draw and i would do a lot of art and i would write a lot of poetry especially because my parents are strict so i literally could do nothing else like yeah. i had to be home at a certain time and then i'm like jamming out my room so a lot of those started off as poems cool story about hold your hand is i wrote the chorus one or the other the chorus of the lyrics like years before i wrote the rest of it wow so really? i think i had the chorus <sighs> Maybe those lyrics. You know, this is my horrible memory. I wrote the lyrics. We'll just say lyrics. The lyrics, like, maybe when I was 15 or something. And then, like, a year or two later, I came up with some kind of a hook and was like, wait a minute. Wow. This, like, story goes with the story of, you know, hold your hand. Yeah. And so that's how that came together. And then Saturday Night I Love, and that was when um, the, the Mac computers came out with, like, Garage Band. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those generic loops that was like da na 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 Just like already on garage going like uh -huh. I'll use that to Yeah, and the way the that I originally sang Saturday night was like I can explain Don't get me wrong mm -hmm. I wasn't cheating on you honey I was sitting here baby just writing this song And the other night when I didn't come home I wasn't cheating on you, baby. I was sitting here just writing this song. I think I butchered that, but just it's, a little bit. It's I'm so kidding. funny. Yeah, <laughs> oh my like, god! I was like, that's not the lyrics. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was so crazy because I came to Dusty with that, yeah, like some little loop, and it was just—it's really sounded more like um, Amy Winehousey, mm -hmm. and uh, and he just turned it into magic. And that song that's has so evolved. Cool. It's become a lot of different versions of itself since yeah. then. Yeah, I know that you like re-recorded it too a on, bunch of times, um, yeah. on Hey Hey. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a like remastered. Yes. Kind of you completely re-recorded it. Yes, yeah, we totally yeah. re-recorded that. That's with uh, my bass player Matt at 
at um, Harbor City Recording Studio. I'm sorry, Matt, if I said that wrong. Uh, but that's over in Flower Bluff. He did a really great job with it. And um, it's just, yeah, like, so, like I said, I'm not a planner, so I'm mm-hmm. not someone who's, like, structured. and like, okay, so this is a song. Here's exactly how it's going to sound. This is the yeah. video. This is, like, said and done. Like, as an artist, I'm one of those who's, like, it's never done. It's never ready. We'll never, we'll never get to let the mm-hmm. public hear or see it because it's not good enough. Which is what prevents me from putting a lot of stuff out, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm working on it, um, even in my older years. But that was something with Saturday Night that we, we continued to remake it. And now I think we got a couple of cool versions Who's of it. Yvonne? Nobody. It just rhymes. No one? <laughs> it just rhymes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's like Becky with the good hair. Like, is there a Becky? We're not sure. Yeah, yeah there's no Yvonne. Sorry, guys. I'm going to break oh. anybody's hearts there. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, so how did... um. I want to go back to Hold Your Hand. Okay. So was that like your first like single music video kind of stuff like that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, we did that with uh, Gilbert um, Aguida with Department 13 Films. He did a really good job at making Corpus look like a whole other That was planet. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there are a lot of cool elements. We had my buddy Savani in there, who's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Selena's nephew, but he was our drummer at the time. And the plan was like for every music video in the future, we were going to have Savani eating something just like randomly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was, it the, one, oh, was he the foodie. one with the... Um, he had was like a to-go a... box and he oh, was okay, like okay. rubbing on something. I was like, I remember seeing a guy with a banana too in the music video. But I he think like... that was him. Yeah. Okay, because, okay. Uh, E-Class is like checking out Bernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Savani's like shaking his head like, yeah, and eating a banana just kind of like watching <laughs> the action. How, yeah. did, um, how did like E-Class like come into like, did, did, when you wrote the song, did you like envision um, a rap part um, of the song? So I, if my memory serves me correctly, we were real famous for uh, Acoustic Tuesdays back in the day at a mm-hmm. bar called Revolution, which is now um, South Flanagan Southside, I think. Okay, okay. And um, we would go off at those gigs. Like, my brother was so committed. We would have theme nights where we set up a theme. So we do, like, a hospital theme, and we're literally dressed up like doctors, and we have, like, this lighting sheet mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it was a huge thing. I was in college. All my friends would come support and show love. So it would get packed on a Tuesday. And it was lit, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and E-Class would show up. And him and his buddy Joel would, like, get up there and sometimes, like, do a couple of, you know, little bars on their own like little rap get up and freestyle whatever mm-hmm. and i think that one day he just came in and was like hey i got a hook to hold your hand like can i try it and he went up there and we liked it and we just decided to include it in the recording yeah. of the album and it came out really cool yeah that's yeah. so that. awesome mm-hmm. and that goes back to just like not really having a specific plan yeah yeah baby go ahead got my little man with me my son he's so polite <laughs> mommy can i sit on the couch you want to say hi <laughs> Say hi, world. <laughs> hi. Aww. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think it was funny because um, I I didn't know that my friend Addison, her dad was E class until mm-hmm. like I was like sitting in church and she was going through my like song list. Oops. She was going through my song list and she saw E uh, She saw Hold Your Hand and uh. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, I don't know. That was a fun topic to like start talking about. And I've watched her since she was a baby. Like she was just a little. <laughs> She's nugget so back cool. Then. She's so cool. Yes. Um. But yeah, I know every word of that song, I know the rap, I love it. That's awesome. It's it's a cool, catchy song, and I feel like it can have, you know, more than one meaning to it. I think we all look back yeah. and, like, wish we could take things back, and I'm a very um, empathetic person, so I'm very conscious of, like, mm-hmm. when I think I'm hurting someone or offending someone, and I'm always like, well, this, but also this. Like, it could be yellow or it could be black, like, whichever mm-hmm. one you think. And uh, just, I guess, a people pleaser, and, yeah. um, and I'm always, a lot of my songs, I think, are sort of revolve around that feeling of like wanting to satisfy people and 
finding happiness within yourself and um, choosing to move forward and see things in a positive way and then hopefully to help other people who struggle with that like mm -hmm. there's another song I wrote uh, called Life's Too Beautiful and I don't know that I have like a, a downloadable track to that recorded but we have it on YouTube I wrote that one on a napkin when I was 17 and oh, wow. um, and eventually a kid reached out to me and was like hey that song really helped me get through my the loss of my mother she died of cancer and it was wow. like oh my god I'll cry just talking about it but like that's what I write music for, you know? Yeah. So I think sometimes I get so caught up in like, oh, it has to be a dance song or it has to sound like this or this is what's hot right now and if it doesn't fit that structure. Like trying and to make something for someone else, for someone not else. for yourself. Yeah, and like even after doing music for all these years, it's something that I'm still working on is like, this is for me. And then mm -hmm. if we put it out and it does something for someone else, that's awesome. So that's kind of where I've like refocused. And then there was just like the... I don't know, last 20 years of just loving being on stage and performing and doing a whole lot of covers and just yeah. enjoying like seeing people dance and have a good time and being a part of that. So it's a mix. And usually people, whatever it is, whether it's music or a product or whatever, mm -hmm. like usually people like things that you like you know genuinely like, yeah, yeah if you put something like a part of yourself into something absolutely people feel that even if they don't even know like people yeah. feel yeah. that and enjoy it more yes. versus if you didn't really have like your whole heart into it I totally agree with that and I'm a total advocate for that like on social media like I try not to use filters and I'm always talking about like embracing yourself and your cellulite and your stretch marks and your weird personality yeah. or your goofy laugh or your big nose like whatever it is love it because that's what other people might really admire about you and so it's funny because my husband gets on me he's like you say all this stuff but then you're like oh I want a nose job or I want this and I'm like <laughs> well I'm empowering them and I'm empowering myself at the same time but that's the kind of stuff where it's like that's what I'm really trying to focus on writing about now is like just being brutally honest with myself about feelings putting it out there and sometimes it's not even about me so like y'all don't take the lyrics too seriously there is no Yvonne sometimes you just gotta like <laughs> yeah. fill in the blanks or make something rhyme or make the story a little bit more lucrative with a little bit of a different dialogue you yeah know? or even yeah. using like that character and like as like a blank so yes. you can fill it in yourself and make it like your own story and apply it to your own like, exactly. experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love songs like that that can be like, oh, it can be, a, you know, an ex-partner or it could be your old best friend or mm -hmm. it could be a family member that you had to distance yourself from. So yeah. those kinds of songs are really cool. That's really, like, just special yeah. for everyone. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the total end game, especially with social media and how concerned we are with pleasing everyone. But just be you. And the right people will come to you. That's yeah. all that matters. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to impress the people that you follow. They don't even notice you. Just be yeah. yourself and let the people that yeah. follow you feel empowered because of it, you know? Yeah, and that's, like, sometimes really hard to apply. Mm -hmm. But it once you get it down, it is really rewarding. It is. And that's when you get the most feedback. That's, like, when people message me, they're mm -hmm. like, girl, I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. Like, I've, had, I've been struggling with this emotion or I've been struggling with my faith or with my body or with my talent, my career, my family, whatever. And that's when I get the most DMs is when I get on there and I'm like crying because something happened that day and I needed to preach about God or to preach about, you know, being true to yourself or loving yourself. So it's really neat. You'd be surprised what people really follow you for. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Even if they only like your booty pics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, fast forward a little bit after uh, your first album mm -hmm. kind of started the voice like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i want to talk about that for a little bit because that was an iconic yeah so wouldn't you say totally. an iconic part of your life was getting to um be on the voice meet those amazing people mm -hmm. um 
how did that kind of go? Did you like, did you decide, you know what, like, why not? Or were you like having people telling you, Clarissa, you, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this? So, y'all know, like, before The Voice, there was like The X Factor and um, obviously American Idol and what's the other one? America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. And The Voice came out, like, people always told me, especially on Tuesdays, you need to try out for American Idol, you need to try out for The Voice. And I would be like, I don't want to be that girl from The Voice. But the real inside <laughs> me oh was like, I'm not good enough. That would never happen. Yeah. Why would I embarrass myself by trying out for a show like that? So um, a couple years went by and um, really I was just on this website called Reverb Nation. If you're a musician out there, utilize this website. It is free. And if you do invest five bucks a month, you get even more opportunities. But it has like this link where you create a profile basically, but it revolves around just your music. It's kind of like a Facebook for musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get... It just keeps you posted. It's like a network of festivals and, um, you, you know, gig opportunities and TV opportunities and all kinds of stuff. And the voice and those shows are like on there. Mm-hmm. So um, I had done open call for X Factor. I had done open call for America's Got Talent. And I call it like cattle call for a reason because you're sitting out there like a dork in your platform heels at 6 a.m. And you don't get to sing mm-hmm. until <laughs> 7 p.m. And your hair is wow. flat and you smell like Osco. And it's, you know. Um, and so I went through that experience and I got like to the next level but never got the call back so then with the voice i did get a call and i got to skip that that cattle call and go straight to like an appointment which is really cool um i did it and i never got the call so it's all good you know like this is what i told y'all i didn't want to do it yeah and so i was three strikes and um anybody most of us would just call it a day throw in the towel and that's it like let's move on um but my life changed pretty drastically from, I think it was the age of 26 to 27, or maybe 25 to 26, because everything kind of was recorded previously. Mm-hmm. But I had audition that year in like 2013, and then the next year I get an email, it's like, the voice auditions are back, blah, 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 cool. And I saw it, I was like, well, my life is different. Like, I had a different job that would allow me to take time off to go do that. I was working for my parents. Um, I was out of a relationship that I needed to get out of for a really long time um, that I think kind of held me back musically like somebody Mm. that just didn't encourage me to really move forward with my dreams um and so getting to that point i was like i don't know things are different like let's try again different circumstances and so sure enough i went and this time i had the the ganas to play the piano and accompany myself which i was really impressed i played stay by rihanna and then i Mm -hmm. think i sang the dog days are over i don't know that was the first time uh rihanna and then i think it was um a bruno mars song Mm -hmm. and i came back and was just like I felt pretty good about it. They were nice to me. And when you leave, they're like, don't call us, we'll call you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I always tell this story when I talk to the kids at school. But I'm like, one day I was driving to work. It was like a month after. I, it was already like way in the past. Yeah. And I get a call. And it's like McNulty Casting, which is the cas- casting company for them. They're like, is this Clarissa Sarna? Yes. I'm like, well, we just want to let you know that you made it to the next round. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know, like, (laughs) you have to go through a lot of, like, a whole process, a lot Mm -hmm. of other auditions just to even get to the blinds, like, to even get to audition for them. Yeah, absolutely. So to put it in a nutshell, after that, I went to what's called an executive audition, where we went to Burbank, stayed in a hotel, and had to pretend we're at a, quote-unquote, band camp. Which mm-hmm. I've never seen a group of like 17 to 40 year olds in a in the same band <laughs> camp, but okay. And uh, we did that. Then it was an executive audition. They send you back home. Anyway, again, mm-hmm. I got that second call, and I was like, "No way! Is this for real?" And it's wow. there's been quite a few times in my life, which is why I talk about God so much, and like the law of attraction, and just the being in tune with yourself, the universe, mm-hmm. and what it's calling you to do, because. Um, I feel like I have a close connection. I'm not like, oh, praise the Lord Jesus, you know, 
Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but like yeah. I preach about it in a sense of like be in tune with who you are, what you want, and like be willing to listen to the signs around you, you know? So I really felt like God was telling you, like, your life is different, try again. Mm-hmm. Okay, here you go, next step, here you go, next step. Wow. And so then I made it to that step and um I found out that I was gonna sing zombie. And I for sure thought it was going to be like an Amy Winehouse song. No, they give you... Here's a fun fact. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, you get a list of like 300 songs. It might be different because they're on like season 89 now. (laughs) But we got a list of about 300 songs because they have to have like the copyright and all the... Yeah, and like make sure the band could like even play that song and stuff like that. Well, the band's really talented. They could do anything. But it's having the rights to like play those songs, right? Um, And they were still fairly new at the time. So they didn't have all the street cred that they have today. They could probably do any song. But either way, I basically had to make a list of like 20 songs from, you know, most preferred to least preferred, whatever Mm -hmm. that I would want. Zombie was not on there. And (laughs) so I filled out the list and I was like, for sure, they're going to have me sing like Bruno or Amy. That's where my, that's my spot, my sweet spot, Adele, something like that. Actually, I don't think Adele was on in back then. Um, And then they're like, what other songs do you do? So I put like Journey and I put Cranberries and I put a couple others that I didn't see on the list. And so when I got the final, like, hey, you're going to, you know, attend the blind auditions, which still isn't a guarantee to be on TV, Mm -hmm. um, and you're doing zombie, I remember I was at the dinner table with my family, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, it was one of those, like, out-of-body moments where I'm like, that's God saying, like, this is meant to be, like, that's your song. I knew it. It's really hard for me to memorize songs, (laughs) like, really hard. Um, And that was when I felt comfortable, like, that I knew well. So anyway, that's a fun fact about how that gets straightened up. But then I went back to do the blind audition thing. Y'all, it's a whole month of being locked up in a hotel. The most epic jam circles you've ever seen in your whole life with, like, (laughs) 15-part harmonies because you're just surrounded by amazing musicians. And we would, like, mash all these cool songs together. I mean, the best memories, y'all. It was so cool. And besides that, you're just insanely bored. Like, mm-hmm. working out, go to the pool. You have to, like, get... You have to sign in and out just to cross the street to go to Starbucks. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty serious lockdown. Um, and it's just a whole month of prepping. You do wardrobe. You do um, band rehearsal. You do some recording. A little bit of everything. Hair and makeup. You practice on stage. And, um... Even then, like I said, you still don't know if you're going to get to actually do the blind audition. So mm-hmm. at that point, it goes from millions to 300 to 125 people, I think, that might get to do the blind audition. And then when it comes down to it, I don't know, maybe 50 people mm-hmm. get to actually... I mean, I'm not really sure because yeah. I don't watch the show enough. But yeah, it comes down to just those select few. And I, another, you know, they called my number and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so this crazy. Is it. Yeah. yeah, it was like the Hunger Games. Like, so we're all in a hotel <laughs> and you come to this conference room and they, you're literally waiting for them to call your number to tell you you're going to audition the next day. It's wow. so like, everybody's ready. You just don't know if you're going to get to go. And so they call your number you're like, yeah, bingo. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, another fun secret about The Voice, just because I can tell you all now. Mm-hmm. Um, all the little like heebie-jeebies that they get before, like the sweaty palms. And, like, yeah. ah, and you hear the story in the background. Freak. That's pre recorded really? like a couple of weeks in advance. Um, the real heebie jeebies are like me sweating, major pit stains, like jumping <laughs> jacks, thinking I forgot the words, having a minor panic attack, and some lady telling me, You just need one chair, you just need one chair. That's all you need to get in, is really. It is, but yeah. I had to deal with Jesus that day. <laughs> and I was at a crossroads being 27 and not knowing if music was going to be my thing after all. I was like, Do I just need to like grow up and move on? Like, you know, I'm kind of getting mm-hmm. to that age. Like, And um, so two things. I was reading a book called E-Squared about the law of attraction and it's practicing using the law of attraction in your life. 
and I saved the last exercise, like the most epic one for that four chair turn. So I was like, I'm going to manifest a four chair turn. Wow. And I really? was also, yeah, I was also praying really hard about it and you're not supposed to make deals with God, but I tried to. And I was like, God, I'll take anything, whatever, yeah. even if it's nothing. Thank you for getting me here. But if you give me four, that's a sign that like, keep going. And um, yeah, I mean, I, the next part I always cry because I'm a baby, but um, mm -hmm. a total out of body experience. Like when those four chairs turn around, y'all like, my whole family in heaven was with me. My real family was yeah. in my room, like screaming and crying. My dad said, we waited a long time to eat that. <laughs> if you watch on the YouTube video, it makes me cry yeah. every time. But like, I can honestly say like, I felt like God like had his hand on my shoulder and was like, this is it. This is right where you're meant to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, I made it a couple more rounds. The, the whole experience was amazing. And people were like, oh, if you could go back, like, would you change this or pick a different coach? And I'm like, no, because I wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. And I'm not J-Lo and I'm not, you know, Ariana Grande touring and yeah. shaking my booty all over the world. <laughs> But I'm so happy with where life brought You're me. You, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy to story. be here with my family, and I'm happy that I can still sing, but I'm starting a family, and I get to see my close family every single day. Like, this is where I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be. So it's really beautiful, and again, it's just all about, like, listening to the signs and following your heart, and could have easily gotten up and moved to L.A. after that and really chased my dreams, yeah. and maybe I'd be in a different place, but... I'm happy right here. Like, this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. So, it's cool. Yeah. I didn't cry that much. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you said, like, uh, really, it only takes one chair to, mm -hmm. like, be in, like, yeah. in the voice. Um, how did you feel whenever, like, you were singing on stage and Adam Levine was the first <laughs> chair to turn? Yeah, I think you can hear the crack in my voice when I see him. Um, uh, what did she say? with the tanks and their bones uh, I don't know it's when he turns around I'm like ah! <laughs> <laughs> you hear like the crack in my voice I'm like oh my god is this real um, and because I had my eyes closed most of the time uh, another fun fact I walked on that stage and the song completely left me I had mm -hmm. no idea what the lyrics to they don't to have like, like no. a monitor mm -hmm. nothing. Nope, nothing oh my goodness maybe down the road when you're doing like so many songs back to back yeah. but I had like a year to prepare for this so I was supposed to be about maybe, maybe a month or two um, and I remember walking up there like, oh my god, like <laughs> what am I about to choke in front of all these people? And I just kind of gave a nod to the band. You get really close with the band because you're mm. around them the most. And we just kind of did a little wink, a little nod, went up to my star. There's a star you stand on and it was like, da, 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 da. and the song started and it just, you know how like karaoke, like they just, the words just light yeah. up. That's exactly what like happened. in your head. You yeah. Just in see your it. head. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it happened. And so then uh, he turns, Adam turns around and I kind of like, ooh. And then Shakira turns mm -hmm. around and she's over there like so into it. And I was like, yes, please. She's like doing the drums and everything. Yeah. She was standing really up. Into She it. was vibing. And so then I close my eyes again. And um, I, got, I think it was like, I'm so lost in what's happening. I'm like, holy hell, like, yeah. is this really real life? I was like, right not now? one like, chair. Oh not, my God. Like, you got two now. Not two, right? And so then Blake turns around uh, right after, oh, I can't remember if it was the big note, but I almost forgot that big note. Like, it was the most epic part of the song. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. The climax of the song. Yeah, yeah that's when Blake really turned. Part. I've watched that audition so many times. So. <laughs> so, yeah, and like, I guess I was so distracted by Shakira that I almost like just went to the end of the song mm -hmm. and another little bing went off and I was like, cool. And I went back in autopilot and like went to the big note. He turned around. And then I closed my eyes, and next thing I knew, we're talking to each other. So I had no idea, and I wish they put this in there, but I had no idea that Usher turned around. Mm -hmm. I thought I got three chairs. 
And so then um, he like, but it took us getting to him to his turn to talk when he's like, that's why I turned around. I was like, oh, you turned around? And he yeah. was like, uh. Yeah. Because in the video, on the music video <laughs> it, like, the little, whenever uh-huh. they turned, it was like, it went with the song. Yeah. So you could really, t- you yeah. couldn't really tell. Well, and you don't hear that. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-mm. That's oh, all added up. That's, so that's crazy. what I was going to ask. Like uh-huh. that big, like dramatic. Sh- like yeah. as they turn around, you don't hear that. I mean, unless it did, and I was literally in another planet. That's so like, crazy. Yeah, I think because you know it could be a distraction or whatever. So um, yeah. yeah, a lot of that is is edited in after the after the words. But uh, he looked at me like I was an idiot. Like seriously, like you didn't know I turned around. All four like, chairs. You oh did like God. your happy and dance showed, and everything. Like, my little ditzy moment where I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then yeah, I did my little happy dance. And um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's just so it's so cool to talk about. And I wish I could just like go back and do it over and over again mm-hmm. because that's one of the most euphoric experiences I've ever ever had in my real life and I've yeah. had quite a few but that one has been like oh amazing yeah did yeah. you did you like go into like okay if I get if I get all four chairs I'm gonna choose Shakira like she's gonna be my coach so I literally went through each coach and was like one day it was Adam one day it was Usher one day it was Blake one day it was Shakira but at the time like basically um <laughs> it had been a long day and I was one of the last people to audition that day mm-hmm. And so they had already heard like a good 20 something people. So you can imagine like they're tired, they're over yeah. it. It really doesn't take quite a bit to impress anybody at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, all of them seem really cool in person, especially Adam, because I know a lot of people interacted with him behind the scenes. But part of the thing that got edited out was um, when Adam tried to give me his two cents, I was like, well, let's see your moves. I tried to get him to dance like mm-hmm. Shakira. And even the whole crowd was cheering him on and he was not <laughs> having it. Oh my gosh. And so I got like a little sass from him. And so I was like, hmm, like maybe you don't like me that much after. I don't know. It just kind of turned me off because he just wasn't into it. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to be playful and be TV fun and like all that. And he just wasn't in the mood. And then after Shakira did the whole thing about Napoleon and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. Um, I just really felt like me and her were going to have this like Latina thing going on with each other. And so, um, that's, yeah, it was more spur of the moment than I thought. So I really thought I would have gone with Adam. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool because I was telling Grace earlier today when we were like kind of prepping for the podcast, I was like, and I literally remember like being in my dad's like man cave with the whole family (laughs) watching going through the blinds because we used to watch the voice like every single like time it aired mm-hmm. and so mom was like oh, gosh i think there's like someone from corpus christi there and like, yeah. i think she also got a four-chair turn and i was like huh oh yeah it's pretty cool and then you came on and i'm like oh my gosh like this woman's so good like she has thank such you. an amazing voice it's good stage presence everything was like on point thank in you in your audition um and then after the auditions do, uh, what i'm really curious about is like okay you go from the auditions and then the battle rounds do you mm-hmm. like stay in la for the whole time or uh is it like do you come back home and then go back for the battle rounds God, y'all have the worst memory i think that we <laughs> stayed or did we get like a little break i think we stayed i'm gonna say we stayed but either way yeah it kind of transitions to the next thing and then you just do all the same preparation it just goes by a little bit faster um, all that stuff is pre-recorded. The, what, what, the gap where I did come home was, um, was it, oh no, it was, I did the, I did the blind audition. Yeah, we came mm-hmm. back and forth because I remember I did the blind audition and I knew I had a four chair and that is the biggest secret I've ever kept. If anybody knows me, I tell y'all when I have like a mm. weird pimple on my back, like <laughs> you know way too much about me. So that was the hardest secret for me to keep was that not only did I make it on the voice, but I got a four chair turn. Yeah. So I came home for the holidays and I kept it a secret for like three months. I could not do yeah. that. That's crazy. That's a Girl. big deal. To, like it's a big secret to keep. Like, oh my gosh. And it's a long time. And you want to yeah. brag on yourself yes. so bad. I mean, guys, like, guess what? major yeah. accomplishment. 
it. Yeah. So yeah, we did go back, and then the other ones were back to back. So the the battles, and then yeah. that year was battles around two, which I think um, it, instead of knockouts. Which yeah, I, know, I remember that year was like weird. very different. They like it was never around two battle. Mm -mm, um, no. So you did the first one with uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. Briggs. Uh -huh. That was such a good like y'all had like amazing vibes together, Thank and you. I think. Um, uh, you said in another interview, like, y'all were, like, really good friends, too, you Super, and Jeremy. Super, man. He's one of those guys, like, you know, you meet a guy or a girlfriend that's just, like, mm -hmm. hilarious and, like, always has something funny to say. That's actually kind of how my, my buddy Andrew is, my congo player. Like, it's as if he rehearses jokes before you hang out yeah. with him every time and just always has something planned out. But that dude was such a goofball, and he would, like, bust into dance. And he was just, like, the male version of me. So I, mm -hmm. we really complimented each other well, and we both had a really great attitude about, you know, whether or not we made it to the next round. Like, having fun and complimenting each other's voices and uh yeah he was really fun did you think is... it was gonna be you uh no i didn't he's so talented and yeah. he had such a cool such a like range yeah he got he got in those notes like very high up big time and like on point so like i am to this day still not great at harmonies mm -hmm. and that dude was just like nailing all the notes and just had really powerful energy and i think really for me i mean the only reason I probably got that was just because of that huge note at the end again, mm -hmm. where it's just kind of like, that's really what the voice is about. Like, who I can know. out powerhouse the other person? Yeah. Really, yeah. is what it seems that's, like. That's what I was kind of telling her, too, because, like, okay, I was really pissed when Shakira didn't uh, say your name. <laughs> she said Danny's name. I was so let down. I was yeah. like, oh, are you serious? And I think it's literally just because she took the higher harmony, and just because you could sing higher, it's like, oh, Well, let me I tell y'all, of course I was a little sore loser, but her girl, and I got kicked off the show. I at least wanted to be saved, yeah. but I knew how talented, talented Danny was, mm -hmm. and um, I still follow her, and she's so amazing. Like, that girl is singing backup for Miley Cyrus at, oh, wow. at like, big festivals. She sings for all these huge artists. Um, she's so talented. She was super humble, and we got along really really well too so that was another cool thing is like I'm sure there were animosity between some of the partners but as far as I was concerned like I was there to have fun mm -hmm. did I think that I was just on this kind of like fast path to the top maybe because of how things had been going yeah like you start to get a little more confident yeah you're like oh, okay I won um, the first one let's do the second one yeah but when it came to that one like my nerves were different and I did have a lot more uncertainty with her for some mm -hmm. reason and maybe it's because um I, so Shakira told us both to like chill out and scale it back and like mm -hmm. not do the runs and so I tried to not do that and I think that that might have been like the telling thing but I, mm -hmm. I don't know there's so many things that go into it like I was so nervous you heard it in my voice from the get-go on the song like y'all I have this epic picture of me with the cool shadow like praying mm -hmm. with my rosary before like I was so nervous and I think maybe just my nerves got the best of me that time and it was one of those days where if we had gone in a different order, maybe I would have been saved, but mm -hmm. we were in a position where all those judges are thinking strategically and trying to save their saves for the next day, or I already saved two people today, so yeah. I don't want to use another one, blah, blah, blah. So it is what it is, but man, we're all put here on earth to do our own thing, and she did the damn thing, and she made it really far in the show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I live vicariously through her because that's if I had taken another path, maybe I'd be doing something like that, a cool career like hers, but hey, I mean... We're all where we are, and I get my own little TV show here in Corpitos. Yeah, yeah, you have us now. Uh huh. I love yeah. it. I always have. And, and like, even if you don't win the voice, you still gain a lot of stuff. Like, you gain time. a huge following yes. from that too. Also. Yeah, and realize like you know I had my my supporters that would come to my gigs regularly, and to this day there's still people. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there's still people who have no idea who I am. Who's Clarissa Sarnat, or think I'm not even a little bit cool, which is fine. You can be the sweetest peach in the whole world, but not everybody likes peaches. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those 
things, but man, it is an afterthought, like the kind of support that I would get coming mm-hmm. back. But when we sold out Brewster Street, y'all, what? Yeah. That's so awesome. And being like recognized yeah, wasn't like, at a, like a voice tour. So like Jeremy, didn't he come like to Corpus yeah. with you after? Yeah, it was like, a surprise actually. My brother-in-law, Daniel, put that together because once he kind of left the band to take care of his family and kids and stuff, he basically continued to be my manager mm-hmm. um, in a sense. And so that was like their surprise when I was let go from the show. He's like, but here's the news. We're bringing Jeremy, Dendal, and... And Sam and Sam Beheimer was mm-hmm. my roommate. We are complete opposites, but became the closest of friends. Aww. And uh, they brought them all down, and we just had such a fun time. And we did the big gig here. And then Dendal and I ended up doing like a little Texas tour down the road as well. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Wonderful. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after the voice came um, a whole lot of stuff. Um, it was. I think it was like Let Me Down Easy was your next one, I believe. Maybe, no? yeah. You which know more than I do. Also, which I also know all the words to. Yeah, um, Let Me Down Easy, El Dorado uh, was another so one. So good. I, that's one of my favorites for sure. Those yeah. notes and the, those choruses. Oh it my took gosh. me a long time to learn to hit those, those notes. Those were very I don't know high I notes that in song. El Dorado. Yeah, there were a lot of gigs where like, let's do El Dorado. And I'm like, I don't think I can do it, y'all. <laughs> I don't know how I wrote that song when I couldn't even sing it. Now I can hit the notes because I'm just like trained myself, but it's so weird. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, those are so cool. And then um, I was like, oh, I'm like, wait, I'm like waiting for like a new album. And then you kind of, you kind of announced Hey Hey too at that time. You're like, oh, cool. Um, And that's whenever you decided to redo um, Saturday Mm -hmm. Night. Yeah. What, why, how come you wanted to like kind of re-record that song? Um, I think because we performed it uh, live for so mm-hmm. many years after we released it the first time that it evolved so drastically and I really felt like it needed another chance to be heard that way because I was really digging. Um, to me, Savani put the biggest twist on it because he added the little outro at the end. I was like, mm-hmm. S-A-T-U-I-D-A-Y, yeah. Saturday night. And it just felt really groovy and like loungy. And I wanted to give people that version to listen to or download mm-hmm. as well. So between them and everything that my band did with it, um, it had just evolved so much. So I was like, well, why not? Like, let's give it another go. And it's not that we were out of songs, to, you know, to add mm-hmm. to the album. Um but I'm just, I've got to get better about just putting stuff out when we write it. Like, I've probably got a good 10 songs that we've been doing live mm-hmm. or songs that we have in our pocket that are ready to go. We just need to record them and put them out. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, this is like kind of off topic, sort of, but like I watched this thing about Prince and like mm-hmm. he has like the Volt uh-huh. and he has like thousands of songs That's that amazing. are probably like could be number one hits mm-hmm. all yeah. across the world and they're just sitting there like yeah. he was just like okay like i just wrote this amazing song like put it up like let's start working on something else yeah. just like always like creating and he didn't always need like that like big release or anything mm-hmm. he just wanted to like make something yeah and so like and he was one of the greatest musicians he was yeah, yeah. one of the greatest musicians of all time and so like that's not like foreign mm-hmm. exactly and so it's just like you creating things mm-hmm. and like when you come around to it to put it out like it'll that's come your, out yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I, I think I also remember like the year um, Hey Hey came out I think you were like on my Spotify like at the end of the year you know how Spotify has like the um, uh-huh. what is it called like Spotify wrapped I think and it tells yes. you like who your yeah. top five artists were and like it was like Karen Dua Demi Lovato and then Clarissa no and I'm like oh. how much that means to me I oh, can my cry goodness. like it's <laughs> I just assume that you know every once in a while my song automatically comes up on people's playlists mm-hmm. but to know that yourself and other my, even my husband I hear my songs and he listens to them like it's 
It's not to show off. Elder Rod is a jam, just driving down the ocean, trying to like hit those like (laughs) really high notes. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's, like I said, one of the ones that I'm really proud of. But gosh, like to anyone out there who has downloaded a single one of my songs Mm -hmm. or knows more than three lyrics to one of my songs, like God bless y'all. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for your support. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. So um, kind of all. I remember Chica's rock. So Mm -hmm. So you were you like. Can you kind of explain that? Because you were a big deal with Chica's Rock also. Yeah, so, okay, so everybody has to have their story when you go on The Voice, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I grew up in a dumpster, and I lost all my fingers to a lawnmower, and here I am now, or whatever, right? <laughs> um, I yeah. am so blessed. I don't have a sob story. I've got a mm-hmm. super blessed childhood. My family was supportive. Like, well, what are we going to talk about then, you know? Yeah. Um, I gave birth to a parrot. Like, nothing. I don't have any of those. <laughs> so um, they're like, well, give us some things that we could focus on. I was like, well, I don't know. I, you know, um, I do real estate with my parents. And um, I've, you know, helped out with this program with Chica's Rock. And I had helped him a couple times. Um, backstory to that is that Dusty Oliveira, owner of Produce, is my distant cousin. Our first, our first guest on the podcast. Yes, the first episode. yes, he's such a rock star, yeah. and we're still, we're still very close. Um, and I didn't even know we were related really until I came around to, to record some of those first songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I met Ceci. And then um, you know she just threw it out there like, hey, I'm starting Chica's Rock. Would you like to be a part of it and help out? I was like, absolutely. And so I had done just a couple little you know writing workshops and hung out with the girls while she started that camp. And um, it was just one of the things I was like, oh, and also I did this, and sometimes I paint, and they they pretty much chose, like, tell us more about this Chica's Rock. That's mm-hmm. intriguing. And so um, I still have to clarify to this day that, like, I didn't invent Chica's Rock. I barely, you know, maybe volunteered with them, like, less than ten times. Yeah. Um, so I take zero credit for anything that they've done. I've just been blessed for Ceci to invite me to be a part of it, to influence these girls in any way that I can, because like I said, I wish there was something like that when I was their mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just kind of the backstory that the voice decided to go with and they hyped it up and made it look super awesome and i guess made the public think that it's something that i was responsible yeah. for um so i've always that's kind clarifying of I'm like, that oh, okay like she's like she's very very involved she goes rock yeah. like, i don't know i don't yeah. know what the deal was they, they did make it like the, very, it, yeah and I, you know that's clarissa TV. is chico's rock that's kind of what it totally. <laughs> sounded like yeah like i said to this day i'm constantly like it's not me it's sassy and her squad and i mean it's grown drastically mm-hmm. since then it's and so amazing to, this, to see like oh what they're doing with those young with those young girls and everything like mm, that. Like almost all my nieces have been yeah. a part of Chico's oh, Rock, so and cool. it's so beautiful to see them like have they've that been opportunity. Like, day parades and they've done more concerts than I oh have, like bigger shows than I have. <laughs> yeah. for real. It's it's so cool what they're doing with that. Yeah, and it couldn't be without Sessie and Dusty and all the amazing people on their team. So you know, God bless her for inviting me to come. You know, uh, usually about like once a year. Just hey, do you want to come during the camp and do like a lunchtime thing? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've done it maybe five, ten times had some really cool interactions with the girls it's always a blessing but yeah none of that is my responsibility i'm just a helper yeah so i also think um i think it was like correct me if i'm wrong like two three years ago mm-hmm. uh, since coastal living you've been a host on that two years uh-huh two years we just how celebrated that... our two-year anniversary august oh, on coastal living day <laughs> <laughs> so how did that come about um they invited you to be a host or did you like okay so i keep saying long story short but y'all know i'm not capable of that (laughs) (laughs) after the voice i was able to make a pretty good career off doing just music Mm -hmm. so before that i worked for mac cosmetics for like six years i was a waitress for years before then waitress hostess whatever and then uh, when i auditioned for the voice i was helping my parents at their real estate company just to Mm -hmm. make some cash right um so when i came back i was still kind of helping them but mostly gigging because everybody wanted a piece of clarissa that's when i saw 
relationship was after the voice. Yes, yeah. And so I did that, and I rode that way for a good, like, year or two until I got to a point where I was like, okay, like, I need to, I bought my first home and was like, I need to look at, like, benefits and, you know, healthcare and my future in a 401k. Like, Mm -hmm. let's think about saving money because I'd been self-employed for so long and I made a great living off of gigging, but you got to think, like, adult things at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Long term. Yes. And so it's so funny, another manifestation, I just started thinking about it, and then I get a call one day from my buddy Gino Flores at Hot 95 saying, hey, we're turning K-Bay into Rock 92.7, what do you think about being a DJ and on-air mm-hmm. personality? And I was like, what? Me? And he's like, hello, zombie, rock, you know? Like, yeah. Okay, and I covered a lot of rock songs, so I said yes. Um, that helped me develop a lot of skills. I mean, I can BS for however long, give me a time and I'll go one mm-hmm. breath. Um, but I learned a lot about like timing myself and coming up with creative content and list, like thinking about your demographic yeah. and all that stuff in that four years. So then after that, uh, we used to do a lot of um, performances for KIII, local news station. We'd do like Share Your Christmas and they would ask us to you know perform for different things. They always invited me on, very cool of them. And um, one year we did a Christmas thing and they were like, hey, would you and your Uncle Pepe, my Uncle Pepe, Sadonat, famous actor, as you've seen on Scarface, the jerk, American mm-hmm. Me, a million to Juan, shout out to Pepe, um, that him and I would be the Grand Marshals for the La Posada Boat Parade, mm-hmm. which I was pretty unfamiliar with, but you know, decorate boats like Christmas and you go on a boat ride. It was one of the colder Christmases that we had. And I showed up, like, ready to party. I'm like, cool, I get to ride a boat and then end up at a house party. Like, yes, and maybe do a quick interview, which I figured they'll talk to Pepe more than me. Like, he's a celebrity. So we go on the boat, and it's freezing, y'all. And I'm just there to hang out and have a good time. There's, like, six of us on the boat. And Joe Gazin walks up, and he's like, Clarissa, I hate to ask this of you, but our anchor went to the wrong yacht club, and we need the boat to take off, like, now. So is there any way that you could do some live breaks and I, like my jaw drops and I was like me <laughs> on TV and so my whole life flashed before my eyes you know like in the movies a little montage that happens yeah. and it's like and then it's like everything I've done in my life brought me to this moment <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and I have my uncle Pepe the actor right next to me and like how could I say no to this right so I said yes and if you saw that, it's, if you dig real deep on my Instagram, I think you can see a clip of it. But uh, me and my buddy Archie, the eyebrow, made mm-hmm. a, a grand appearance on KIII. We didn't have any talking points. I didn't know anything about La Posada Boat Parade. I didn't mm-hmm. have an in-ear monitor to communicate with Joe on land. It was just me and the camera guy and a countdown. And um, I started Googling what La Posada was. I talked to the, the guy, the captain of the boat. To get some details and the guy was like three two oh and i was here this gosh. is archie right here archie is my <laughs> you can't see him but it's my left eyebrow and it has a mind of its own so without botox like archie's everywhere and so um i was just like we're at the 40th annual episode the boat parade and and anytime i'm talking on the fly archie is like also having a conversation with you <laughs> And I did it. Like, it was freezing. I put on my red Salida lipstick, and me and my <laughs> eyebrow went live on TV. I was like, thank you, Joe. We're here. And, you know, I did my little spiel, and I did a few yeah. different breaks, and then it, it was, like, coming off of a major high. Just, like, like helped so naturally, yeah. like, for you. And I was like, did that just happen? But, like, radio prepared me for that. I mm-hmm. knew exactly how to talk for about a minute, because I would do minute breaks. It's just, just the to... difference was you were in front of a camera. Yeah, which, to be yeah, I was kind of used to that, too. And then being on stage, yeah. like, I don't know. Life is crazy. And you don't realize it, but like every moment that you're living is preparing you for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite quotes is like, success is when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. It's nothing else. So you're not lucky. You're just prepared. 
and and I had the guts to say yes and I did it and when I got there he was like thank you so much. he was very grateful and um, I was of course like on that high I got to celebrate afterwards and then after that I just had a few phone calls from the TV stations asking mm-hmm. if I wanted a TV job and I was presented with news or lifestyle and so when I weighed my options and what my personality fits into I was drawn towards the lifestyle opportunity mm-hmm. we don't have anything like it until now we need something mm-hmm. like this I've always wanted to do like nonprofit or volunteering but like where could I fit it into my busy schedule then this would be my job to do that mm-hmm. so again I went and I interviewed and um, the whole thing again like one Just of those out of body like I was showing up yeah. for these interviews and I was like yo god I don't know how I got here but this is pretty dope like let's keep let's keep it going, <laughs> keep going yeah. and I've never felt more confident in my abilities and in myself and what I'm capable of it was like a really empowering season of my life um, just to look back on what I've done like I guess finally stopping and reflecting be like you've done a lot mm. of cool stuff dude like pat yourself on the back mm-hmm. and like stand up for yourself like really own this moment and come in with confidence and I did and I felt really good about it the show has been really great really successful um, COVID kind of sucked because it mm-hmm. kept us at home currently we're still filming from home but like it hasn't stopped us we're having so much fun we're being goofy we're still be able to go out and do shoots and I am free to be the goofy offbeat silly crazy Clarissa that I was born to be on mm-hmm. TV and you get a lot of that's what she said and things like that and I just, <laughs> <laughs> nobody slapped me on the wrist yet so yeah, so life is awesome. going pretty good for you it right is now going really you got well. married oh, was it last uh, 2020? 2020, yeah, February yeah. 2020, Last right year. before that, we literally got back from our honeymoon and the entire world was shut down. Wow. So we oh got married like, in the nick of time. What happened while we were gone? Oh my gosh, <laughs> for real. That's because my husband had a fever, or the we think it was the flu, um, while we were on the trip for like two days. He was out. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. when we came back, we're like, was it the COVID? Was it the corona? <laughs> it wasn't. He didn't have the antibodies. But yeah, um, yeah we came. It was just a c- coming back to a freaking twilight zone. It was that's so, so crazy. Cool. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Time, oh my gosh. I can't, I don't even want to think about like, last year. I know. And we're still here. Like, COVID season one. Like that was like, <laughs> everybody stayed home, whipped coffee, just everything, everything kind of oh, happened like yeah. right totally. there. I think, of it, like, I think of it as season. So I call that beginning of yeah. COVID season. And then we thought wow. we had a season finale and it's like Game of Thrones being like, just kidding, we're coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at now. But very yeah. blessed, man, met the man of my dreams. I got a handsome little stepson here. I call him my own because he is. I've known him since he was two. And yeah. um, I love him to pieces. They filled my heart so, so much. They fit into our family perfectly. And again, just blessed and, and I wouldn't change so yes I know I wouldn't change anything about the past because it wouldn't give me this present right now and yeah. I'm so grateful so now we're expecting our first baby together her name is Olivia Claire Farias and Aww. she'll be arriving December uh, of 2021 I would say that it's December 17th but that never happens yeah so she'll either be like a Christmas baby or a Thanksgiving baby or something so in between there yeah so it's yeah. been a healthy pregnancy she kicks a lot and I talk to her as much as I can can and we're just in like that sweet spot of it's all fun I can still move around I'm not waddling like a penguin yet <laughs> yeah. and um, the only thing that sucks is just the heartburn and the acid reflux which I can't complain so we're very yeah. blessed yeah yeah so to kind of wrap up like what we did it was really fun to like kind of get behind the scenes of like everything the voice and everything like that I want to ask you one question to kind of end this and that is what is one thing that you think makes Corpus so iconic makes Corpus iconic yeah Oh man, um, Corpus is like constantly being reborn, I think. 
mm-hmm. and we're still in a very big like evolution stage and i give dusty and this produce yeah. team a yeah. lot of credit for that because they really have helped revive downtown casey house of rock like all the downtown peeps um south side too i rub south side y'all <laughs> but um i just we're a flower that is after all these years just blooming again it's mm-hmm. like that flower that you water so much and then it dies and you're like oh my god and then it comes yeah. back like even more beautiful with more beautiful flowers uh-huh. i feel like that's corpus and we're like constantly reinventing ourselves and so we're true. in a beautiful place where we're gaining so much like character and culture and we're just mm-hmm. defining what corpus christi is and mm-hmm. i love to see it and um it wouldn't be without folks like you guys the man that my son is going to grow up to be my daughter people like us mm-hmm. uh, people like myself who are literally just doing what we love to do and letting everyone else gravitate towards it and support yeah. it and that's all going to come naturally so yeah. to anyone listening you are iconic you live in a very iconic place just be you do you own it and everything will will go just the way it's supposed to i love that yeah, yeah. i was talking with a friend and um it was kind of funny because like you know a lot of cities or covid did hurt corpus in yeah. a way but mm-hmm. um there's a lot of like amazing people who started stuff during covid that we like wouldn't have if it wasn't for covid like mm-hmm. eliminate cosmetics yeah. opened during covid yeah now they have a store it's so yeah. awesome do you know that she didn't even plan on having a makeup company she just designed no. the graphic i, I, interviewed I want her, on, her on the podcast so i'm like gonna work on that because she's so Get amazing she's so nice yeah and she I was a graphic it. designer and she came up with a logo really? just for fun mm-hmm. and then i think the story is her husband was like that's pretty catchy like you might want to take it down because people are gonna think it's like a real thing mm-hmm. and then i think during covid she She's just like, like let me make out. it a real yeah. thing and she did and look yeah. how successful so many cell phone businesses that are like awesome mm-hmm. Big time. yeah just corpus is just like it gained so much from mm-hmm. covid like i opened coffee search during covid when i was just sitting at home collecting unemployment so, yeah um but yeah i agree you know we had things like bay fest like we had big festivals back in the day maybe i was too young to like understand but to me right now like this generation is just kicking ass at mm-hmm. like doing it we're doing it we're being creative we're making awesome things happen and i just think that's really cool so if you're listening and you've got like a little spark in you that says that you should start like a t-shirt line or open your own boutique or become a whatever please do it, do it. we need you please yeah. do be it iconic. and we're here to show up be, be iconic. iconic absolutely yeah yes. thank y'all for having me I so thank so you so good. much <laughs> thank you so much for being on i talk so much i'm sorry no all of all of your words and your wisdom and the way you see your the world all this whole city has just been yeah. so inspiring and just like eye-opening for me and him and mm-hmm. everyone who's going to be listening you. so thank you so much for your story and your time we you. thoroughly enjoyed it appreciate so. y'all thank you for the drink and uh, <laughs> it's matcha y'all there's no alcohol in it from lucy's snack bar <laughs> yeah shout out to lucy yes. <laughs> okay, okay guys well that's it we'll see y'all next time thank you so much clarissa and thank you guys for listening we'll see you later thank Bye. you guys